0: Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast featuring The Michael McCoy Show.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, another week, another episode of the Michael McCoy show here on Sirius XM channel 145 slam radio. And I am excited. I really, really am because we have a ton of NBA news to cover Uh, college football still in the mix. Obviously NFL to talk about uh, not much difference in terms of what we're going to get into, but it's going to be a lot of coverage in the NBA. Last week we had the NFL draft. I'm sorry, the NBA draft, excuse me, Uh, free agency has begun. There's a lot of wheeling and Dealing going on and I'm happy to be joined by my buddies Jordan Nelson of the Forza podcast and the Kane Gang show you guys need to take a listen to that every Friday here on Sirius XM channel 145 slam radio with uh, Derek Coe and then of course my buddy uh, since the middle school if you guys didn't join us last week Devin Roundtree here to impart some knowledge uh, on the hardwood for us so gentlemen good evening how you doing yeah good to be back man thanks for having me good glad you Glad to be here, man. Thanks for having me. No, not a problem, man. It's going to be a regular thing. So, gentlemen, we we have so much to get into. I'm going to ask your opinion on a lot of things, but I want to start off with free agency because that has been dominating the headlines, obviously, since free agency begun just a couple hours ago or a couple days ago, and I don't know where to start. So let me ask you, I'll start with you, Jordan. What is it, what move or what moves have you wide-eyed so far what is it that is uh has caught your attention the most
2: um I guess there's a there's a few things Do you mind if I list off a few please right um so so the first one was Serge Ibaka to the Clippers like okay. like to me you know when Montrez Herald went to the Lakers um I thought man that sucks for the Clips because they lost you know a yep. lot of their bench production um I actually think It's kind of weird. Like Montrez might be better than Ibaka. I'm not sure who's better, but I think Ibaka is a lot better for the Clippers, and it's because like that Lou Williams Montrez Harrell uh, like combination really underperformed in the playoffs last year. Okay, it wasn't as good as advertised, and uh, I think Ibaka is just much more versatile. He can shoot the three. He can play Uh center and power forward. Um, so I just think that's huge for the Clippers to get him, especially when they thought that they were losing exactly. for nothing, right? Exactly. Um, I thought Ubre to Golden State was really interesting. Kelly Ubre to Golden State yeah. Warriors. Yeah, I have an opinion on that. Good good yeah. call. Good call. And you know, I I'm not a Warriors fan. I can't stand them. <laughs> um you know, I don't like how much media attention they get, but honestly, they're the most interesting team to me right now in the NBA because uh-huh. I actually i'm leaning towards declaring their dynasty dead okay and i i think whether or not it is depends on what kelly Oubre does for him okay i'm not sure they have the firepower to even make the playoffs this year um so i guess we'll see what kelly Oubre is made of you know okay. they, they really only have four nba players Oof. and it's it's wiggins Oubre, draymond and Steph right now um other than that like how many other dudes would be rotation guys Mm-hmm.
1: Some fire-breathing hot takes from Jordan Nelson. I like them. I like them, Dev. Before I hop on, sorry, that came off wrong. Before I ask you uh, of <laughs> Jordan's opinions with what he said, I, I, I wanna, I wanna tell you how I feel. That um, because you had an opinion when we were talking about, uh, I think you had texted me about, uh, about, uh, about Ibaka going to the Clips. I wanna ask you about that. But Jordan, about what he just said about the Golden State Warrior dynasty being dead all know what happened this week up to clay thompson i think even you jordan not being a a big fan of the Warriors, that just sucks for the league it's it's just it sucks for him obviously for the Warriors, it sucks to hear um being to me if the dynasty is dead that that's that's a cheap way to go out that's a cheap way to go out because it would have been dead yes without all the freaking pieces on the table right? Yeah. That's like, you know, declaring the Bulls dynasty dead if, if Jordan was not able to play for a season. But nonetheless, fair. And so um, I, I I don't fully agree with that. Yes, we got to see what Kelly Oubre is made of. My thing is, Golden State is going to be completely changing how they play. I thought that they would have gone after a shooter to best replace Clay as best as they could. They didn't. They won the athlete role, which is something like, cool. They, you know, they lack athletes, you know, traditionally shooting guys or whatever We also happened when they got KD, you know, an athletic wing there and played multiple positions. Okay, cool. But Kelly Oubre is not going to light it, light you up from outside. Okay. And then they still have Wiggins on the roster. We'll see what transpires there. I'm wondering if we're seeing maybe the makings of an MVP season from Steph. I don't know. I would love to see it. Devin, give me your reactions.
3: All right. First on the, the, the Montrez Harold front. Um, I mean, you go back to the text, man. I said the exact same thing Jordan he said. He did. Sergi Baca fits the Clippers better in the playoff role. Mm-hmm. Um, like he said, he can stretch the floor, shoot the jumper. He's a much better defender. Yep. Experience um, too. And the experience, right? So I the, the Montrez Harold um, loss to, to the Lakers was. You could say that's one of the most more intriguing things, being mm-hmm. that him, Pat Bev, and, and and Lou Will was supposed to be so so close, and also he took supposed. i mean, going off of uh, reports. He took less money, yep. uh, because he was offered more to from Charlotte, I believe mm-hmm. it was, and, and okay. he took less money to go play with the Lakers. Um, now back going on to Golden State. Ah, man, they're they're not gonna win a championship. No. Uh, I mean, that's what we measure dynasties on, championship. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, with Clay, they had a shot. I do like the Ubre move, though. Um, I believe Ubre is going to, you know, he just Good came player. off a career year. Just yeah. played, He just had 19 points. You know, he just averaged 19 mm-hmm. a game. Um, he's coming into his own. He's, he's gotten better. He, you know, he's rangy. Yep. He's athletic. He can Defender. shoot three now. He's not a 40% shooter, but, you know, he can make right. a shot. Right. Um, and then I think Wiseman, I don't know, man. I know the big man is, is gone. It's it, it not the same, but I think Wiseman got something to prove. 7 foot one athletic big. Could be something scary, man. Pick and roll with him and Steph could be something serious. Um, But one of my more intriguing moves is uh, uh, free agent signings is actually with the Atlanta Hawks picking up uh, everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Got, they got Rondo, they got yeah. Garnett, they got Bogdan, um, and my thing is they got they got a log jam. They got Chris Dunn.
1: Um, yes, I know.
3: So they got a log jam of guards and wings, and, and they also have you know Cam Reddish. They got Hunter. Yeah. They got Kevin Herter. I'm like, I don't know where they're gonna find time. Like, like I asked you, are they giving up on their young players, or, or what are they doing? I, I don't get the move, but. I mean, if they could get everything right, they're gonna they're gonna torch some team. They're not gonna be able to stop anybody, but they can put up 130 a night. You know,
1: my thing with teams building young, and I think I expressed this to Jordan a while ago, if if I remember correctly. But think about the amount of times that you've seen a team collect young talent. Built through the draft, and those teams actually stick together and do something. And when I say do something, I'm talking about going all the way. I'm talking about uh, winning a championship and at the very least showing up, okay, in okay, the Eastern Conference time. finals, okay? Those okay, two teams. Go That's it. That's it. Young talent doesn't stick, period. You go back to the days of the Clippers when they had Darius Miles, Kayon Dueling, Quentin Richardson. They were exciting to watch, didn't do anything. Okay. Um, and you look at teams that win championships, they're veteran teams. Everybody wanted to make a big deal about how young, you know, the heat roster was, but that was actually a veteran laden team. Okay. Uh, even the warriors, they, you know, that core clay, Dre and Steph, they didn't win year three. They won when they were vets at that point already. And so, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. C's doing it again. They are getting rid of a bunch you know, trying to hoard a young talent and we'll see, but you know, Nice pickups for Atlanta, like you say, but we'll see how it, how it, you know, everything, uh, works out by the way. You're listening to the Michael McCoy show here on Sirius XM channel 145 slam radio joined by my buddies, Jordan Nelson and Devin roundtree talking some round ball hoops. And so, um, what else guys, what else in free agency?
2: I, I wanted to touch back on Golden State if we can, please for do. Just a please second. do. No, go ahead. Um, so I've been looking around the league. Steph, Steph is thirty two years old. Okay. And mm-hmm. and wow. this this season is is pretty much. I mean, like we said, they're going to be fighting for the eighth yep. seed. And I'm mm. not convinced that they can get there. Mm. Like, I mean, are they really better than Portland and Phoenix and and uh-huh. Houston and like I, I don't know. They they might right. Uh-huh. They could uh-huh. make the playoffs, but Steph is thirty two. Okay. So it's like how much gas is left in the tank. I mean, we're already saying that last year and the year before, Draymond looked a little old, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like, like you know, how much tread is going to be left on the tires when Clay Thompson is healthy? So that's that's kind of where you. I'm coming from and saying that like the Warriors dynasty might be dead. I think Kelly Oubre is interesting because I actually think that is uh, Bob Myers' like ace in the hole, man. Like Kelly Oubre is 24. <laughs> Yeah. So now he has two young building blocks. I think like, they're It would not surprise me if they end up listening to offers for Steph and Draymond this year.
1: Nah. Another piping hot take. Go ahead, Devin. Take. <laughs> nah, they, they can't get. They're
3: not going. Man, if they do that, that's I mean, that's giving up. I don't up. know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know about. You can't give up top five player. The greatest and, shooter you know, of all time. And, Right, you. I don't. I don't see. I mean, if it if it happens, I would be surprised. Yeah. But also, go to touch back on go to state when you said, uh, you 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 Mike, when you thought they would go after a shooter. Reports mm-hmm. are that they they went. They were pursuing JJ Reddick. Mm, but okay. um, the Pelicans, were I guess weren't filling their whatever package they were giving them or whatever. Or, okay, I don't know. But okay, JJ Reddick, I mean. I don't know. Like, do you want JJ Reddick or do you want Ubre? I mean, yeah, it's a shooter, but I mean, Ubre well, can guard the one, the two, the three. Absolutely. Some, maybe even some fours. Yeah, uh, I definitely would have gone
1: the Ubre yeah. route with, I don't mean cut off. I'm sorry, but yeah, I, no, I think I would have gone that route as well. Um, go ahead and finish your thought because I got a question for the both of you.
3: Yeah, I'm just saying, Ubre is more versatile. He, you know, he's younger. He just came off a career year. You know what you're getting with JJ Reddick. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so like he like like Jordan said, it is might be his ace in a hole, starting around Oubre and, and and Wiseman. Um, you know, after the dynasty, after these boys, you know, move on or whatever they do if they don't if Kelly doesn't come back right, or I say they can I say they deal Dre. I don't see they I don't think they should deal Steph, but you know, those big contracts are are hindering them. Of course, yeah. of course. And,
2: and Wiggins, I don't. Wiggins oh. isn't an asset, man. He's Wiggins is a, nah, you, is you a liability you, at thirty four or whatever he's at. He's that
3: yeah, old. You can't get rid of him. He's in no, 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 his, his thirty four no, no, million.
1: Uh, his oh, I was about to say, what am I what did I miss out on? No, okay, okay. No no no, yeah. no, 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 no. He's young, good.
3: He's yeah. He's uh, isn't Wiggins
2: still like 26,
3: 27 or yeah, something? Yeah, like, yeah
1: mid twenties, maybe. Yeah, yeah, around
2: there. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't hate Wiggins as a player. I just like he's not worth the money. He's on there for a few years, and like. Warriors it's not like the Warriors are going to take back a bad contract you know but because their contract situation their their cap situation is so messed up right now like they can't afford to take back a worse deal than Andrew Wiggins right and they I don't I mean how many picks are they willing to give up to get out from under Wiggins as well like because their dynasty might be dead yeah, so yeah, they can't yeah. afford to give up you know three first round picks to get off of Wiggins and, and turn it into a good asset right so, and then like
1: Devin said last week, they still have that Dre contract and that's yeah. a big number, whatever it yeah. is. It's a big number, but I got something for the both of you guys. And um, we're definitely not going to be able to finish talking about it in three minutes and 25 seconds, which is how much we have left in this segment, but I'm going to throw it to you, Devin first. This is going to be something that I know Jordan's going to have a, a reaction on. I feel that that Chris Paul to Suns move was awesome for that organization. Devin, Tell me your reaction on that, because as soon as I saw it, I was thinking, wow, like yeah, I, I feel they're going to make a playoff run, maybe not a playoff run, but at least make the playoffs. Tell me about what you feel about that. Devin.
3: That was a big move. I mean, um, I know I, I, I had some choice words on Chris Paul um, last week. I You know, I still kind of skeptical, you know, just because injury history, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. contract. But. You know, like you said, it, they, they they put him on a young team. And like you just said, you need veteran leadership. And, and what, what has Phoenix been trying to get these past couple of years? A point yep. guard. Yep. They tried Rubio. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a plethora of them, and then they gave them all the way, um before Isaiah Thomas, Eric Bledsoe, all that. But, you know, ever since Booker came in the scene, they haven't had a point guard. Um, and what Chris Paul did with OKC, um, I think Phoenix is just as, if not more talented than that team OKC right. had last year. Yeah, I won't say just as they're more talented. They have Devin right. Booker. They have uh, um, the center dudes. I can't. Wow. I just drew a blank. Um, oh, yeah, Deandre Andre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> wow. Um, Deandre Ayton. So and oh, yeah, and they got Miles Bridges. You know, they, yes,
1: they, they I love Miles Bridges. Man.
3: Um, So they're 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 going to be in a playoff mix. Um. Devin Booker is gonna be better. He uh, could play off ball more, uh-huh. and, and now DeAndre Ayton is even gonna be. You know, now he got another lob, another lob partner for Chris Paul.
1: Sorry to cut you off. We all saw how great of a player, and you forgot his name last week, and I'm forgetting it this week. The Hawks Center that played for the Rockets. Oh my God! What's his Clint name? Capella. Capella. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody was on Capella's jock. Okay, and I don't understand why. Okay, we all saw what Chris Paul did to DeAndre Jordan's career. We saw what DeAndre Jordan looked like after Chris Paul left the Clippers. And then Capella has the greatest point guard in the NBA right now in terms of a true, a true point guard because that's what I feel Chris Paul. Is he has that, and then all of a sudden, Clint Capella is you know this guy that everybody wants. It's not Capella, it was Paul. And now you have DeAndre Ayton with that, who's way more of an offensive threat than both of those guys that I uh just mentioned. No disrespect to DJ, but it's the truth. He was an yes. athlete, okay. And now Devin Booker has a load of whatever you want to call it off of his shoulders. Listen, I, I just think I can't remember who their coach is right now. But if he can't make them uh, at least contenders for that eighth spot, then I think there's a problem there. Jordan, we're going to get reactions to the Chris Paul thing because I know as a Jazz fan, you have a lot to take tell about it, but you won't be able to do it in 28 seconds. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to step aside really quick. Uh, pay some bills. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM, channel 145. Keep it locked.
0: Good morning, amigo. I mean, really, it really apologist. comes down to... I'm going to make an apologist image for you, bro, because I, everything that I say, you say, oh, but
1: LeBron had to do this, and he had to jump over a car. Isn't LeBron the king? And again, LeBron jump over the Empire State Building? He probably could, but why probably, would he do it? But why it? doesn't he jump over the Empire State Building to win a slam dunk contest?
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Siri6M 145, Slam Radio. now we're back with the michael mccoy show on sirius xm 145
1: slam radio all right guys thank you very much for sticking around with the michael mccoy show on sirius xm channel 145 slam radio still joined by my buddies jordan nelson and Devin roundtree we're gonna pick right back off from where we left in the last segment and that's talking about free agency we'll get into the draft in a little bit and other nba moves that have our minds kind of you know, going on hundred miles an hour th- for the past few days, but we were talking about Chris Paul's addition to the Phoenix Suns and uh, the resident Utah jazz fans, I'm sure has a couple thoughts on how that's going to work out. Uh, you made a tweet about it, Jordan, and I want to see what you have to say.
2: Yeah. So I, I appreciate you guys having the, the correct take, right? Because if you take the temperature of NBA Twitter, people think that like the Suns are contenders now. <laughs> Which is totally no, not accurate, right? It's
1: not. It's so, not.
2: so I, I appreciate you guys. You know, they're gonna they're gonna be in that six, seven, eight range. Um, I agree. You know, and, and that's if everything goes right. I agree. Um, because you know, looking at their roster, they got Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. They got Bridges, who we talked about. They signed Jay Crowder. They have Cam Johnson, oh, Campaign, Jalen Smith. That's pretty much their rotation. Only three of those dudes have ever been to the playoffs, and one of them is Campaign. <laughs> Cameron Payne, like Cameron Payne, team.
3: please can we not yeah. say that
2: name? Oh my god! Yeah, but god. That's, that's what I'm saying though. He's one of the three guys on that roster who's been to the playoffs. It's only Paul and Crowder <sighs> who's been
1: and did and nothing in the playoffs. In,
2: yeah, and so I don't, I don't want everyone to get ahead of themselves, right? Like this Suns team has a lot of learning and growing um, to do. Like they're they're not but, ready to they're not ready to compete. Like maybe no, no. they can get to the second round. But dude, anyone who says that they're like a threat in the West is just a little high on their horse right now. Like they're not ready for it. That's
1: not Um, even an overreaction. Like, where do you get that from? (laughs) Yeah.
2: And and I think like uh, Mike, you brought up a great point about, you know, DeAndre Ayton. I think it was a good move. You know, I'm a, I'm known as a Chris Paul hater, uh, you know, and I can't stand (laughs) the Suns. but um, Paul, like for the right teams, he was a great trade asset. Like he, he was a great get for a number of teams. And I actually wanted the Jazz to make a run at him because, you know, mm-hmm. in the right setting, he can transform a team this year. Right. And so I think it was a good move for the Suns. I just think we should, you know, like they're going to be targeting that six or seven seed um, and and not a top four, you know,
1: so. 30, 34 and 39 finished third in the Pacific this past season. And weren't they undefeated in the bubble? Mm-hmm. Yep. Undefeated in the bubble. So obviously that... Uh, I don't know if you guys are fans of season to season momentum, but if such a thing exists, they got the mole in their favor. Um, but yeah, man, I look, I'm, I've been a fan of Chris Paul. I think people forget about him for whatever reason, because everybody's enamored with point guards like Russ and Steph and, and uh, I mean, they're rightfully so, you know, scoring point guards, but this guy does not have to score to make an impact on the game. He does it because he he's able to, but, When you think of Chris Paul, you don't think of score. You think of quarterbacking, uh, a half-court offense, getting guys in the right position, and taking advantage of of mismatches. That is a cerebral point guard. That's what you want. That's a traditional point guard. And so that's how I feel about him. Devin, um, to continue the conversation from the last segment, tell me a couple moves that have uh, piqued your interest. Mm, Well, I mean, we already mentioned
3: the – the Montrez Harold move, um, Gordon Hayward turning down thirty four oh, mil, and we then just, we, we just want to rile up. We just want to rile up Jordan tonight. But go ahead, <laughs> <laughs> and and then to go ahead and sign with with Charlotte. Okay, um, I, I don't, I I. I it was just interesting. I, I don't know. You know, you leave a contender, I guess. Uh, I don't think the Boston was going to get out of the East, but... I'm, I'm wondering if Boston even really wanted him back. But go
2: ahead. Yeah, I, True. But, I mean, it was a player option. So True. That's 34 mil. True, true. I, I think um, Boston wanted the asset. I think they wanted to trade him and get something back.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. So, true. yeah, getting, getting, they're going to Charlotte. I mean, you got LaMelo Ball who just come in, but who knows what he's going to do. It's Charlotte. I mean... I, I didn't, I didn't, that was interesting to me.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, Jordan. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I mean,
1: Debra, go ahead, man, go ahead.
3: No, no, go ahead, go
2: ahead. I, I, I'll but come back I, to me if I, I mean, if I think of another one. I, 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 <laughs> okay. My Gordon Hayward take, I'm a salty jazz fan, right? I, I'm not, I'm not over the whole free agency thing, but now the whole NBA knows, like, I, I think he's a little bit vindictive, honestly, man. Like the way mm. he looked the jazz, it felt like there was a vendetta. You know, because like the way it happened, you know, I, I think the Jazz were trying to check his temperature all year. Like, please tell us, you know, just tell us like, we'll move yeah. you, you go wherever you want. Just tell us. Um, he didn't call anyone on the team when he signed. Like it, it felt like there was a, like he was, you know, trying to take out some frustration or something. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting here too, you know, because like mm. he's, he was unhappy in Boston. They wanted to trade him for an asset. He could have gone anywhere. He could have done a sign and trade anywhere instead it's just like, he's just like, I'm going to get my bag and screw you guys. Like, I don't care, <laughs> you know? So I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm a Gordon Hayward hater. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not shy about it. Another move that was, that was really interesting to me was uh, Bobby Portis going to the Milwaukee Bucks for the mid-level exception. Um, I thought if he I, was, gonna... if I may.
1: Yeah. Don't lose that thought. You guys know the lowly resident bulls fan in this uh, conversation here. Bobby Portis is a player, okay? When he's focused and locked in, yes. he's a problem, okay? He's a problem. He's a walking double-double. But when he is fo- – that's the problem, getting him mentally prepared, okay? I don't think that the situation uh, in Milwaukee will get him there unless Giannis – and I'm not going to say takes him under his wing, but it, if he follows Giannis's lead, okay? Because Giannis is, is, is all about business. If he does that, okay – Watch out for Portis helping the Bucks make noise in, in the yeah. East. But go ahead and finish your thought. I'm sorry Agreed. about
2: that. I, I mean, I know that he was a big Jazz target, um, you know, because the Jazz ended up going with Derek Favors for the mid-level. Mm-hmm. I know they also wanted Portis, but I, I agree with you. I think Portis is a, is a great – I mean, I think he's best is like a combo big off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really love him as a starter. Uh, but a team like Milwaukee, that's going to be great, man especially because you can put him on the floor with Brooke Lopez. because um, Portis actually he can shoot the three a little bit. Yes. A little bit. Yes. I wouldn't call a Streaky him shooter. At, yeah. But but Lopez is great at it. Right. So I think you could put those two on the floor together. You can also play Portis at center because he's six ten. He's pretty long. So it gives the Bucks a lot of versatility in their second unit. And uh, I didn't see that coming, man. I, I thought no. that was a great move by Milwaukee.
1: No, yes. And like I said, he's a streaky guy. needs to have his head on right. And as long as he's not swinging on his teammates, yeah. um, he's going to be <laughs> right. okay. But um, I'm going to ask go you, ahead. Devin, about that Portis move. But I just want to go back really quick and uh, make a comment about the Charlotte Hornets situation. A team that finished 23-42, and 42, third in the Southeast last season. Uh, notable players, Nicholas Batum, Bismack Bionbo, uh Vernon Carey, the mellow ball two guys that were just drafted gordon yeah. hayward and um terry rozier so that's that's i i don't want to say that i want to compare them to phoenix out in the west because i don't think they're going to be fighting for six seven or eight they're probably gonna be fighting for eight or nine in my opinion but still a team that is in need of some type of Identity, and yeah. I don't know if I'm crazy about saying this, but I think Lamelo Ball is going to be the face of that franchise at least for yeah. this season. I
2: I actually what I expect out of them. So they actually cut Nick Batum, so he's a free agent.
3: Okay, mm-hmm. oh okay.
2: So he's no longer on the roster.
3: And uh, you forgot the kid from Kansas too.
2: Yeah, uh, oh, Devonte Graham is that his name? Devonte
3: Graham. Yes, there you go. Yeah. So
2: yes. by the end of last year, Graham was actually handling the mm-hmm. ball more he than, was. than Terry Rozier. I'm actually expecting them to move Terry, man, mm, here in the next few Terry. Weeks Because, you know, they drafted ball. Devontae Graham was handling the ball more than Terry. So, like, what does he do for that team, you know? Quite so, it, it wouldn't surprise me for them to move him here in the next few weeks. Um, and, and you know, they could pick up another wing or maybe solidify their front court. I don't know okay. if the players move the needle much. Um, so, I we'll see you. what happens there, man.
1: Dev, what do you got to say about that Portis? Um, about that Portis move to Milwaukee because I think that's an underrated acquisition.
3: Yeah, um, good move. Like you said, the kid's a player; he can shoot it a little bit, and they can play him on the court. I'm, I'm just going to basically regurgitate everything Jordan said. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, you know, play him on the court with Lopez at the same time. Well, hell, you can even play him with Giannis on the yes. court at the same time.
1: Yes. Um. So, and the Bucks are you know, already long, so they just got deeper in that aspect,
3: right? And Portis is is, is, is you know, he's an athlete. Um, he's not, I don't know, man. Um, the Bucks they need to do something to get over the hump. That I, I, it's a good move. I, I just, I don't know if it was the move, but it, it's a good one.
1: I have a question that it's bugging me because I don't understand how, uh, Bogdanovich got away with this okay because from when correct me if I'm wrong either of you everybody knows the trade that Milwaukee tried to you know uh pull with um with Sacramento Mm -hmm. fell through okay and again either of you stop me in my tracks if I'm wrong but from what I understood from the reports that came out Bogdanovich denied uh you know being a part of the trade and excuse me how does that happen if you don't have a no trade clause well wasn't so Uh, go ahead i'm sorry it was a sign
2: and trade so he has to agree to it like he has to Uh, agree knowing like he gets to pick his destination still you know so so they would say like you're going to milwaukee and he's like okay i'm signing on the paper right mm -hmm. knowing that, that that contract will take place in milwaukee um from what from what i understand i was listening to like zach Lowe and um like i i can't remember who but uh okay they, they were saying that, that one of the teams jumped the gun on, on leaking it to the media. Oh, man. That it, it actually wasn't done when it got out. And then when it did get out, um, it just kind of all fell through. I, I think the Kings were expecting one of those draft picks that went to New Orleans for Drew Holiday. Mm. And then when the Holiday trade went through, that pick wasn't there. And then the Kings were like, eh, you know, okay. something like that. So I don't know.
1: So you're trying to tell me that he doesn't want to play for a contender? Is that what it is?
2: I think he's going to Atlanta for the money, man.
1: Honestly, okay. I mean, times are changing, man. I mean, yeah. I get it. I'm an old soul, fine, but and I'm not talking about anybody getting their money. I will never against that, but damn, it. The games about winning. You're going to get paid, you know, whatever. But again, that's just me in my soapbox. Yeah. But um, the Untenta Cooper brothers, DJ Augustin, another underrated guy, another. And you again, this is coming from the resident Bulls fan. Um, a guy that in a backup role. Kicks ass. Okay. Yeah. Um, drew holiday Corver. How do you guys feel about the bucks in the East, man? I feel like
2: that. I I like to put them in tiers. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. I I do my rankings by tiers. Mm -hmm. I have them firmly in tier one, man. I I think that top tier of the East is Miami and Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Um, you know, I am interested to see what Brooklyn does. They actually yes. have a ton of talent around Ste- or around uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant. I love Dinwiddie. I love mm-hmm. Karis Levert, and
1: I love Jared Allen. And they were able uh, to keep – what's his name? The shooter. I always forget his name from Virginia. Gary. Uh, yeah,
2: Joe Harris. Joe Harris, Joe Harris. yes. That's a, yeah, Sharp shooter. Joe Harris, Joe Harris. Yeah. And yeah. they just traded for Landry Shamet as well. So mm-hmm. they have some great role players. I'm actually interested to see if they flip those three dudes I named, like Levert, Dinwiddie, and Allen, for a star. As a jazz fan, I'm actually thinking like if depending on how much Rudy Gobert wants because he's eligible oh, for 250, mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking like yeah. I would rather have Allen for 80 million than Rudy oh, yeah. for 250.
1: Yeah, there, there is 50. something that, and, and I'm sorry to do this to you guys. It's just I'm, I'm I'm slow sometimes, so if I don't get it out, I'm gonna forget. But I was listening to I forgot who it was in the car. Uh, NBA radio on SiriusXM, XM, and they were talking about Donovan Mitchell signing the deal that he just did and mm-hmm. bear because you think of the Jazz, you think of those two guys, right? Yeah. So with the NBA, we all know how centers are viewed now, right? Yeah. Is this was his take. I'm just regurgitating as much as I can remember. But they were like, where does Gobert land in all this? He's going to, is he going to want uh, Jokic money? Because Jokic is going to get maxed. Are the, are the yeah. Jazz going to want to give him that type of money? What what if you're the Jazz, what are you thinking? Uh if you're Gobert, what are you thinking after seeing your buddy sign that you gave COVID to, by the way, sign that deal? <laughs> Devin, do you want
2: to go first? I've been talking to 10. <laughs> <laughs> um I, honestly, man,
3: like you say, with the with the way the league is going and trending, I, I Gobert he has nothing offensively. Obviously, he's a defensive, you know, player of the year and all that. He does anchor your defense, but I mean I, I I wouldn't give him the max, man. Um, just do you think he's gonna want the max?
2: Is he eligible for the max? He's eligible for super max, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So why wouldn't he want it? <laughs>
3: yeah. He's eligible for it. You think he's gonna demand? Uh, well,
1: he yeah, probably demand it. I guess whatever, uh, but yeah,
3: of course his agents are gonna make. They, they make were
1: saying on the, um, the thing that I was listening to that, do you let him test the market, you know, or do you just give him what he wants? No, and you so can't that- give, I, You can't give him that much money, man. Yeah. He, he's not worth it. He. he
3: Right now, with all the, the the stretch bigs and 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 he he doesn't even have a back to the basket. Yeah, he, he just he's he's lobs. He's officer rebounds. That's what he yeah. does. He's he, he's not worth max money, man.
1: Um, yeah. I, I I don't mean this to insult him as a player or any Utah Jazz fans out there, but is he an upgraded Yokim Noah? Uh, well, because you saw know, you know how Joachim Noah got his points, and it was yeah. all hustle.
3: But Joachim, he had that ugly rotating jumper that would go in from from sometimes
2: yeah so i mean i'm a jazz fan right so full disclosure i'm a big jazz fan i am firmly in the camp that rudy is underrated in the national scene i would fight for him to be an all nba center every single season i think he deserves it i think he's a top 25 player in the nba okay you know i i think Um, I know screen assists like they're whatever right but if you look at screen assists he's always way ahead of everyone else in the NBA Mm. when he sets a pick like it's almost automatic bucket Um, which yeah he can't do much with the ball but that does help on offense right especially when you have a dynamic guard like Donovan Mitchell right Um, so I'm firmly in the camp that Rudy is a great player with that being said you know, Mitchell's max is up to 195, right? It's it's the 163. And then if he qualifies for the the mini super max off of his mm-hmm. rookie deal, he can get five years 195 million. I think you go to Rudy and you're like, Look, Rudy, we can give you one ninety-five over five years, not a dime more. Is <laughs> that's not gonna work, <laughs> then you have to trade him. Okay. Because like that's fair. Here here's my thing is I would give Rudy the regular max. And you know what? To be nice to him, I would even give him a few million more than that. Just like I, I don't know the exact number. Say the the regular max is thirty million for a guy of his stature, right? I'd be fine saying Rudy, here's thirty two. Okay. But you cannot give him that super max that James Harden is. No, man. no, no, no. Because it, I mean, in my opinion, there's only eight dudes in the NBA that deserve it, anyways. And right. Damian Lillard isn't on that list. Mm. So if you can't give it to Dame, in my opinion. You yeah. can't give it to Rudy Gobert. Okay. There's no okay. way it would cripple the whole franchise. No, so of course. I think they should kick the tires, see what they can get. I really love that Brooklyn deal. If they could get Dinwiddie, Lavert, and Allen. I, okay. I would do that only if Rudy's giving you a hard time on negotiations. And see the Rudy, the Rudy thing, like to me.
3: Having Rudy, like you said, he sets screens and all that. His offensive game is that setting screens, offensive yeah. rebounds. Yeah, he's a he's a good player, but I'm thinking more playoffs championship type stuff. You can't win with your your center clogging up the hole like that unless you got another guy out there stretching the floor. Like yeah. it'll work with Brooklyn because you got KD. Yeah. KD, get the ball, get on the elbow, mm-hmm. give me two. Yeah. Um, it'll it'll work with LeBron. Uh, well, not not even because LeBron, you know, what I mean, if, he, if it was yeah. LeBron and AD and, and Rudy, it would definitely work. Oof. Yeah, but it I just don't see it working anywhere else. You don't uh, you don't have those those types of players, yeah. you know, um, on teams like if it was Golden State, if it was Clay Steph and Rudy, it'll work.
2: I, I will say this. Um... So this is a, a, a little known stat, but after the Jazz traded for Jordan Clarkson at the deadline, uh-huh. they actually had the number one offense in the NBA, oh. and that was actually that was without Boyan Bogdanovich, who is their stretch four, and he was he was like nineteen points a game last year or something like that. Like he's good. Yeah, so, but, but but we know regular season ain't ain't postseason. You're right. You're right about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Boyan didn't play against Denver. So I mean, I'm a Jazz fan, right? So I was hopeful. Right. You know, I'm watching that Denver series like, man, if we had Boyan, like this would be over in five, six games. <laughs> and then we have a decent shot at the Clippers. But I mean, we'll see.
1: We'll see, right? Right. Gentlemen, and just to add to Jordan's point about this, and I didn't know it until he pointed it out to me, and then I had to pay attention to the series, and it was absolutely true. Rudy Gobert eats. Jokic's lunch defensively Jokic can't do anything on Gobert. nothing he can't and it had no. Jordan pointed it out over and over and over and over again in the series that we just saw in the playoffs but um we're gonna come right back we gotta continue this because there's a bunch of inf- information that we gotta confirm and and get back to And we haven't even talked about the draft ladies yet ladies and gentlemen so with that being said stick around for another segment of hoops talk between Jordan myself and Devin you listen to the Michael McCoy show on SiriusXM Sam channel 145 slam radio
0: the views and opinions expressed on The Michael McCoy Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. So that Never one makes back. a little more sense. Backwards, not even to get... How do you even, like... Well, hold on. That might be
1: actually difficult to... Don't even go back a- Speak,
0: even if it's just to go forward. It seems Always like it's a long
1: explanation.
0: Yeah, it's hard it to It seems like you have to, to write, it sounds like Spiric. it's two,
1: 250 words. Explain this sentence. <laughs> that phrase needs an instruction manual.
0: <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Now we're back with the Michael McCoy show on Sirius XM one four five slam radio.
1: A first here on the Michael McCoy show, Sirius XM slam radio, and we're going round three talking NBA hoops. And I love it because, you know, Thanksgiving is this week, guys. Hello. If you haven't noticed, and the NBA starts next month. So this is perfect. I'm talking with two guys that I really appreciate talking hoops with my buddies, Devin Rountree and Jordan Nelson. Thank you guys for joining me. And, um, I want to talk about the NBA draft because I'm watching it. And uh, Jordan, you see my rants of how upset I am lately watching the NBA and the quality of play it really pisses me off. And I'm just, ugh. so I tweeted this. I'm going to read it verbatim. Tell me how you guys feel on draft night. Uh, and I have my tweet pulled up here and it was, okay. I tweeted the following November 18th. Part of the problem in the NBA is that one, because of the fact that fundamentals are gone, number two, because of the fact that offenses resemble what you see at your local LA fitness, and number three, because of the fact that uh, you know, defenses are, are non-existent, basketball players, and I emphasize the word players, are being phased out, and athletes are coveted more than ever. I think that sucks, okay? I really think it sucks, because trad- a traditionalist like myself don't get me wrong i have nothing against athletes heck my game was based off being an athlete but damn it iq i was a smart basketball player i hustled and i did a lot of the little things a lot of the jimmy butler things that nobody really cares about or takes note of that's that's kind of like a lost art and fundamentals are gone okay in the nba fundamentals are just gone and so that's what's that's what the draft was all about and we talked about the draft a little bit last week and how it wasn't that deep of a draft. I still am in that camp, but it was deeper than I thought. It was deeper than I thought because I actually watched the whole draft. I did doze off here and there, but I rewound it. And, you know, there was a couple of names in the second round that they went through, but uh, I'll start with you, Dev. Well, how do you feel about me and that tweet that I put out there? Because, you know, you watch college ball, you watch the NBA ball, and if you want to watch basketball, the NBA is not the place.
3: Yeah. No um you know me man i I like i like the athlete Mm -hmm. uh it's funny that my favorite player is steph but (laughs) you know um i'm a jordan guy i'm a penny guy i'm a Giannis guy Mm -hmm. you know all athletes Mm -hmm. um but like you say the fundamentals are gone um but that's that's all nba that's all that's all them one more offense more and all this no travels no yeah. no you, you like you said i hate watching basketball because you can't even play defense no, like you can't. everybody shoots jumpers and they fall forward and then they you say you got to give them a place to land well mm-hmm. how am i going to give them a place to land How am gonna play defense if they're jumping forward <laughs> a la james harden um there's no way to guard a three-point shooter. There's no way to stop a dr- uh, uh, someone driving because you can't hand-check them. It's, it's impossible. So, I mean, like you said, it has turned to athleticism. That's all it is. Who Who's the fastest? Who's the strongest? Mm-hmm. And who jumps the highest? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does. It's, it's great entertainment. Um, right. But like you said, if you're a basketball purist, uh, it's probably
1: not what you want to see. Hey, don't get me wrong. I, I have nothing against athletes. Like I said, I... That, that was my game you know playing in high school never played at the collegiate level but still um but when you base every and again it's all you know the rules changes and everything i just don't like you speed up the 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 10 second clock it's now eight seconds and you know oh, whatever i'll I, I, say I,
3: something on that too and that's also with the 14 seconds on the offensive rebound yeah
1: yeah yeah and so, and so it all equates to more points and i get it but I get giddy when I see 90 to 90 scores cause they still happen in the playoffs. They don't happen in the regular season, but when teams, um, you know, decide to play defense, we see it. We saw it a couple times in this past playoffs, but Jordan, how, how do you feel about what I just said?
2: You know, I, I think my take is, is going to be good news for you, Mike. And, and that's, I think this athlete movement because it has picked up in the last few years, I mm-hmm. think it's a trend more than anything. Okay. I, I think it's a fad. Okay. And I think it's a fad that will go away. Um, like I love this analogy that I've always used about Blake Griffin, right? When he came into the NBA, he was jumping over dudes, <laughs> yeah. right? And he was he was getting 20 points a game mm-hmm. by sheer athleticism. Yep. And I always said about Blake, like this dude needs to learn how to play basketball or he will be gone by year 7. Mm-hmm. Right? He'll mm-hmm. be like as soon as his knees, as soon as like as soon as his knees are at 90%, 85%, he's done. Mm-hmm. Because he does he's not a basketball player. And you know, to Blake's credit, I feel like he's actually done a really good job of of becoming a good player. Um, But I think that goes for all of these guys. I mean, yes, we are seeing a physical freak in Giannis win back to back MVPs. Mm -hmm. What happens in the playoffs, man? Mm -hmm. Like he's Westbrook. He is. Yeah, he is headed towards becoming one of the biggest playoff choke artists of all time if he doesn't correct his course. (laughs) I mean, he's young, right? So there's plenty of time to change that. Right. Think about it, dude. He got clapped in 5 games in the second round last year. Um, you know, by a Miami Heat team that was arguably a lot less talented. Um, so I like I think this is a fad. And because if you look at that top 8 players in the NBA that I always reference, you got guys like James Harden. Like James Harden's game, he's he's not a bad athlete, but his game is all skill and finesse. He's Steph fat. Curry and traveling. Yeah, he <laughs> is, right? You know, but Steph Curry, like his thing is a skill, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a finesse and skill. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and he's very quick, very agile. You know, he's a good athlete too. Kevin Durant, kind of same thing. Like it's mm-hmm. his touch is what separates mm-hmm. him. Uh, you know, why Leonard. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, oh my Kawhi, god. Dude, he, Kawhi just hits fadeaways and you know like he he has a throwback mid-90s like
3: yes play. I love it I love yeah. it he like I told Mike
2: Kawhi's
1: game now reminds me of Jordan second and third. that is not an overreaction for everybody saying oh my god I gotta tune away tune the hell away because no, 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 no. this is this is this is accurate
2: yeah yeah and and so I think that's good news for you Mike is that you know, this is a fad. Like, we're being inundated with all these guys that aren't basketball players. They're just good athletes. But you know what? The only guys sticking are the guys that are good basketball players. That's
1: true. The guys That's who true. are lead, like Dame Lillard.
2: Are you worried about Dame Lillard jumping over you? Or at you all. Look at Chris Paul.
1: Yeah. Look at Chris Paul now. The guy's what? Mid. What is he, 35? We talked about him yeah. last week. 34, 35. He does not have a year or two left. He can go a yeah. good three, four, maybe even five more seasons at this pace. Yeah.
2: And and so I, I think you're gonna see a lot of these dudes like it, it's a trend. So we'll see a lot of them come into the league. But I think you're gonna see a lot of turnover. Like as soon as these guys' knees, once they're no longer hundred percent, they're only 85%. Yeah, I, I think you're I, gonna see these dudes just struggle to find a spot.
3: I, I won't say it's a trend. I'll just say like you just like you just mentioned now, it'll be a lot of turnover. Okay. Because GMs and and, on, and people and coaches, they're always gonna be intrigued by the super freak. That, exactly. You can say that. You can Zion. say that. You can say the same thing in football. You know, football. Look, look at Jamar, uh, Jamarcus Russell. Oh, oh God. Um, oh, I forgot it was another receiver a while back that the Raiders drafted that ran like a four high. Oh, from twoers. Maryland, Darius Hayward Bay. Yeah. yeah, Darius Hayward Bay. You know, it, it's it's stuff like that. You know, people are gonna take chances on the athlete. They have to because you can't be the guy that misses on that. But they're also going to see, you know, once they they don't pan out, they're going to move on. Right. So, so it's going to be there, you know, yeah. but but they, like you said, it's going to be a lot of turnover.
2: Well, I have an interesting point to that. I mean, maybe what it is, <laughs> is that we're just finding more dudes now. Because mm-hmm. think about Sean Kemp, man. Was Sean Kemp yeah. different than what I just described? Like if Blake Griffin never learned how to play ball, he's Sean oh, Kemp. Hmm. So maybe we've always had it. Maybe it's just that guys like Giannis <coughs> and Joel Embiid and um, Bruno Cabolco, um, guys that probably don't get – like those guys probably aren't in the NBA if it's 1991. Like they probably right, never yeah, get discovered, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, you know, who knows if Luka Doncic even gets discovered in back in the, the mm. 90s. So maybe that's the difference, man. Maybe Maybe it's less of a – ideological change and maybe it's just the fact that we can find dudes now like no matter where you are in the world if you are a super freak athlete the nba knows you know
1: yeah no of course uh uh Mm. uh, recruiting and, and guys that look over prospects and that's definitely uh increased and gotten a lot more um I can't find the adjective right now, but it's it's definitely a thing. But, by the way, you're listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Uh, we're talking NBA draft with my buddies Jordan Nelson and Devin Roundtree. So, let's see, guys. Um, you got James Ed- – I'm sorry, Anthony Edwards goes number one. Wasn't a big fan. He's a good player, an athlete, guy that uh, – and you see this and hear about this more and more and more with athletes coming in. Yeah, he's great, but he can use some help on his jump shot. I mean, it, it's not a recent thing. We heard about it with Derrick Rose. Heck, we heard about it with Dwayne Wade. We heard about it with Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, all these guys. And to their credit, they got a little bit better uh, throughout their careers in that uh, regard. Taser Wiseman, two. LaMelo Ball, three. I love the Patrick Williams pick for my Bulls, even though he never started a game at FSU. My thing with FS, with with my Bulls was trade it because you suck and for more pieces or draft Williams. Love him. Um, the athlete that we just finished talking about, Obi Toppin, goes to the Knicks. And my God, the last thing is they need is another forward. I cannot believe that they passed on a guy that I was enamored with. I only saw him play twice. Tyrese Halliburton is a stud. And uh, he goes to the Kings. But uh, in terms of guys uh, that caught your attention in the draft, uh, talk to me. Uh, Jordan, tell me how you felt watching that first round or if you were able to catch some draft coverage. So, I mean,
2: I guess I'm regurgitating a point from earlier. I said that the, the Warriors are the most interesting situation in the <laughs> league to me right now, and, and that is an extension of Justin James Wiseman, Wiseman. Or, or James Wiseman. Sorry. Uh-huh. Um, in that, like, we will see if he's good, he can extend that dynasty. If mm-hmm. he walks in, you know, game one, he's ready to be like a 15-8 and eight kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Then guess what? The Warriors... Like they might be looking at a playoff spot. And when Clay gets back, they might be looking at a top four seed. Uh-huh. If James Wiseman is that dude. So he's the most interesting prospect to me for that reason. Okay. Um, it, it really just hinges on are the Warriors dead, or can James Wiseman extend that? And then, you know, if he's good enough, then maybe you start to look to move those older guys. And it's like, okay, well, we we have a legitimate superstar. Right. Like, it's time to move this. Uh, this dynasty into phase two, mm-hmm. so okay, okay.
3: Uh, I got a couple. Um, obviously, I'm enamored with that Wiseman, the Wiseman draft right. um, pick. Um, but again, let's we'll, <laughs> we speak about the Hawks. We just said <laughs> hey, they got they got John uh, Collins, they got Clint Capella, they got Galinari Then they go and they draft Onyeka on Kongu. So you did a really good job pronouncing that. I'm proud of you, man. Because I still <laughs> couldn't do it. But go ahead. <laughs> so. Yeah, that that's that's interesting. Um, then uh, you got Devin Vassell going to the Spurs. What you know? How I feel about Pop? So see what what he could do with Vassell. Um, and then you go down and uh, the Heat pass on Tyrese Maxey, mm. um, but they get precious. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name. I'm not try <laughs> to say. Um. But I, you know, being a Heat fan, I am excited about that precious move, man. Like you say, six nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I I look at him. I don't, you know. Again, I, I don't. All I watched was all I saw him was highlights. I did watch the the uh, the Penny the the Penny mini series on yeah yeah <laughs> ESPN Plus. So I know a little bit about the kid. Okay, but um, I see him as a four. Really uh, okay. you say he could be a three four, but he is six foot nine. Yeah. And I'm I'm what I'm getting from him is BAM vibes. And if I am him BAM vibes, that's, that's all that's a, a three, win for the that's, heat. A, that's a win. So all everything I mentioned, you know, that that's those were
1: the intriguing moves to me, man. Okay, okay. I you know what, Devin Vassell, which by the way was the second. Florida State Seminole to be drafted in the top 11 in the 2020 mm-hmm. draft. Let's call them uh, a basketball school. Can we do that already? Because their football program is dead in the water. They refused to play Clemson yesterday, and Dabble's happy about that. You know, he fired off on the administration, but that's another conversation for another day. Actually, hey, man, maybe- I'm,
3: I'm No, nah, we got to talk about that because Dabble. Okay. Dabble took a player that was infected to a game. That, I'm not going to sit here. Uh, you're I'm right. not going to sit here and back Florida State because Florida State did run away from the game.
1: But, but I would have done the same thing, man. Uh, what first? First of all, what is he doing traveling? Number two, right? Sunshine was on the on the sideline against Notre Dame and sky right. had, that's just, they're making up their own rules over there in Clemson. I don't get it. Yeah. But, so, <laughs> I mean, you
3: can't be bringing players who got COVID on and then, and and then get mad when a team says, no. Nah, I'm not. Gonna- I
1: hear you. No, I hear you. And I didn't know that to, to, to FSU's credit. I didn't know that until I saw a tweet from my forget Heather didn't, I think it was Henry somebody, Andre Adelson. There we go. And yeah. you know, I, 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 I get it, but back to the Devin Vassal piece, uh, going to um the Spurs, I am not counting that team out of a playoff appearance. I know they didn't get in for the first time since, like, what, 97 or whatever the hell it was. But Greg Popovich is the uh, Bill Belichick in the NBA, as far as mm-hmm. I'm concerned. OK, so I will never look past him. All right. Uh, Devin Vassell joins our uh Oh, my God. Why, why does this happen to me? Let me pull up their Spurs roster. Uh, uh, Lonnie Walker. I'm yep. waiting for him to explode. Okay. Obviously, because he's a cane. But we just talked about athletes. That guy has super athleticism. Okay. And he can shoot the ball. He can shoot the ball. He's not just an athlete. He's a ball player. And so I'm waiting for him to kind of get into the groove because it's year three for him. And so we'll see how that works. But And they still got your boy, the point guard, Murray. Yes. That's, that's I, uh, Yes, a very good player towards ACL, but I think he was back last year for the first time, if I'm not mistaken. No. Yeah, he was, but he was yeah. coming off an ACL. Exactly. ACL, so. so this is the year to, to kind of look out for him. But, um, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to uh, be right back on The Michael McCoy Show. We're going to continue the Hoops Talk on Sirius XM, Channel 145, Slam Radio. Keep it
0: locked. You're listening to The Michael McCoy Show only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio.
1: Good morning, amigo. Hey, man. It, look, if they pick up Tua Manuel Alapola, too, I, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't You I don't call him that. that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. I don't know Whatever I you th- want to call
0: Listen, him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Manuel Alapola.
1: Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Manuel Alapola?
0: Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga vailoa. Tunga vailoa. Tunga vailoa. Tunga vailoa. Tunga
1: vailoa. Tunga vailoa. See? That sounds much better than that one.
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
1: You guys thought we were done. I thought we were done. We're not done. We're back for another segment of NBA Talk. These guys are just uh, full of information and uh, a a real pleasure to speak with. So, guys, I appreciate you with your time um, contributing to the Michael McCoy Show here on SiriusXM Channel 145. We're back with Jordan Nelson, Devin Roundtree, talking some hoops. So, um, talked a little bit about the draft. We'll probably touch on that again this, this segment. But here's something for you, Jordan. In terms of most intriguing storylines that you're looking forward to in this coming 2020 basketball season, a shortened season is going to have 72 games and a lot of guys are iffy about it, but tell me something that you think should be, or will be a storyline for, for this season. I I have
2: to go with the Houston Rockets, Mike. I, I, I mean, they are a ticking time bomb. It sounds like nobody (laughs) wants to play there anymore. You know, (laughs) Eric Gordon is unhappy Uh, Russell Westbrook's unhappy. James Harden's unhappy. Like they have so many assets that they're just going to have to fire sale. You know, PJ Tucker's unhappy. Like all of those dudes can change the landscape of the league. Like if it Mm -hmm. it lands a guy like Eric Gordon, that's a big deal. If a contender, I mean, if a team like the Jazz or the Nuggets land PJ Tucker, that's a big deal. Um, So there's, you know, and and that's not even including Russ Westbrook and James Harden. Right, right. Those are really big landscape-changing pieces. Um, So it'll just be interesting to see when and if the hammer falls and that team gets exploded. Um, You know, I mean, there's talk about Harden to potentially Philly or Brooklyn
1: um which I, I don't like either of them for for either team whether i and forget fit don't like Harden. i don't <laughs> i still, yeah. don't i'm not a fan of his game but yeah, in terms yeah. of fit nah, i don't yeah. know i well, don't know but yeah I'll, I'll go on
2: record saying that if if hardin goes to brooklyn Kyrie's not going to be there he's so not. he's, he's going to be the
1: trade piece yeah yeah i think that's safe yeah. to say devin how do you feel about that yeah. Um. Yeah. If Harden gets out of like like he says, said, if
3: Harden is is out of there and ends up in Brooklyn, Kyrie will not be on that roster.
1: Um. And, and sorry to cut you off. I, I hold the thought. But isn't the goal for Brooklyn to try to keep him? Obviously, right? I, or, I or thought no. it was.
3: I mean, th- that was the whole reason to him and KD teaming up in Brooklyn. Now you're gonna trade him? Like,
1: I don't. I don't know. I, so I, basically, I they're see- they're 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 saying we think. James and KD is better for us and winning than you and KD, which I disagree with.
2: I, I will tell you right now that if that happens, it's KD pulling the trigger. Mm. Like right now, behind the scenes, KD is deciding who he wants to play with, and that's what we'll see. Good point. Yeah. I don't know, man. Harden and KD
3: worked before. Granted, yeah. he was a lot younger. Six yeah, man. It worked before, you know, so I think I think Kyrie, Harden, and KD won't work, but I potentially think Harden and KD could work. Um, those are two guys you can't stop on offense. You can't stop them. Like there's nothing you could do. Um. And like Jordan said, they got a whole bunch of assets around. Still they still got do. Jared Allen they blocking the do them out, you know, and and the Lavert, and who knows, you know, what what's gonna, what they're gonna have the package with Kyrie to get Harden. But um, let me
1: ask you this, Devin: Is it safe to say, or am I overreacting that let's say this trade goes down, Kyrie's gone, James Harden is a net? Is that the East Coast version of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard with a bunch of because the Clips had a nice. Had everything around them. Okay. And then you have the situation with Doc. It took a lot of heat. You got a first year coach in Nash, which caught everybody off guard. Is that the same team? Are we looking at the same team on the East Coast?
3: Um, You don't have a Trez coming off the bench. You don't have a six man like Lou Will. Um, I see what you're saying. You know, the the overachieving teams Mm -hmm. Um, have a lot of pressure on them. They got two stars. Um, But Those two stars that the Clips had weren't two former MVPs. I think I think the Nets, I I just think Katie's better than Katie's better than whatever, you know, Kawhi or PG. And then Harden is better than PG. So I know that both of them Mm -hmm. have their playoff struggles, but Harden doesn't she's nothing like PG in the playoffs. (laughs) Um So I, I, and and then on top of that, Harden has never played with, well, he did. He played with KD earlier, but I mean, once, you know, Harden got into that role, he had to shoulder everything. Well, he had to shoulder everything all year long. You know, his usage rate was crazy. Right. So, you know, with him and KD, now you say, you know what? I don't don't have to dribble the ball for 23 seconds. (laughs) And, he and won't do definitely won't right yeah. right I, I I can give the ball to KD and let KD do KD things yeah. so I don't know man I I yeah. think Harden and KD have the potential to work but those three do not it's just not enough basketballs to go around
2: agreed and and you know Harden was on record saying that he didn't like the offense they had last year I think yeah that which was... is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that was some analytics brainchild of you know like Mike D'Antoni and and uh, what's his name the the guy that went to
3: uh, uh, what's his Philly?
2: Yeah, Dork Elvis. Okay, Bill, Bill Simmons called. Him. I can't think of his name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I can't like, either. Wow. Yeah. Uh
1: so Harden Maori, isn't it? Or some I don't know what yeah.
2: yeah, it is. Yeah. The guy
1: whose obsession was to beat the Warriors and he dipped out of town, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Right, right.
2: Um so Harden said he wanted more ball movement. And you know, it makes sense because like if you think of Harden's skill set, he his skill set really isn't too dissimilar from Steph Curry right? Harden's a great shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, like, he has that uncanny ability to draw fouls, and that's just kind of what their game plan became. Um, I so bet you I, if,
1: if Steph grew a beard, he'd do the same thing. He'd, he'd draw fouls just like <laughs> that Harden would, but go ahead. Just got to yeah, throw your head back.
2: <laughs> you know, and and I'm not saying they're, like, clones of each other, right? But right, right. Harden, Harden's a good shooter. He really is. Undeniably. He, he can get to the cup. So, right. I actually think, you know, you put guys like Levert and Landry Shamit. Uh, you know, guys like that around, uh, you know, and Prince is another good piece they have. Um, you put those guys around Harden and KD, and you could have a lot of ball movement. It doesn't have to just be, you know, James Harden pounding the rock for 20 seconds. And then mm-hmm. doing whatever And I don't like.
3: think Steve Nash is going to let the ball sneak yeah. into <laughs> You know, somebody's hands for that long either. Yeah.
1: Now, the thing with – well, yeah, you're right. Because, I mean, think about this, though. Nash is a byproduct – not a byproduct, I take that back – but the guy played on the D'Antoni system. So we'll see how much of that, you know, is part of this offense. I don't know. But listen, I got to see it. I got to see it because I just, I got to see it. I, I don't know. I remember when Chris Paul uh, went to the Rocks and everybody was saying, it's not going to work. Two two ball dominant guys. And I'm like, guys, what are you talking about? You're talking about the most cerebral mind in basketball. Yeah, he needs the ball to beat Chris Paul and James Ball needs James Paul. James Harden needs the ball to beat James Harden, but Chris Paul is a point guard. He's going to find a way to make it work, and, but, and mind you, everybody forgot that these guys wanted to play with each other, so when that is a thing, it's gonna work, and it did work. No, they didn't win a championship, but it worked. That team was, they won a lot. They just didn't win the prize, but they won a lot. They were they were a feared team, so, but with this, I, 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 I'm not feeling it yet. I gotta see it. I gotta see... Oh.
3: I got another – intrigue. I mean, I'm going to cut you off, but – Go ahead, you know, man. We just want to go into the intriguing things like uh, when you were speaking earlier about the 72-game mm-hmm. series, that's intriguing to me with, uh, you know, the, I don't know what kind of schedule. I haven't looked. I don't know if they even re- – have they released a schedule yet? No. But, um, you know, what they were saying is they're going to have a lot of back-to-backs. They're probably going to play, like, mini series and things like that. that that's going to be kind of intriguing, you know, especially with – uh, the Clippers where, where, you know, Kawhi and PG getting, you know, resting and all that, the Spurs and, and things like that. So how, how are how are teams
1: going to handle the 72 game compressed schedule? <clears throat> the um, I didn't hear about the series thing, if that's a positive, but I'll tell you what, that's that's a good idea as long. I mean, anything to <clears throat> kind of cut travel helps especially with COVID I think that would be a good idea say you have a three turn it into baseball have a three-game series Um, why not I I, yes back-to-back is hard on anyone but I think it's less of a thing if you have to travel so that's that's I like that I didn't hear about that
2: yeah yeah man It, it will be interesting I you know I thought the Lakers were like and like I said, I, I have tiers, right? Mm-hmm. The Lakers are alone in tier one in the West to me. And then I actually think about tier like tier two in the West and Tier One in the East are about the same. Maybe I'd give a little bit of a, a you know lead to the East. Okay. they I, I just think the Lakers are head and shoulders better than everyone else. And, and <clears throat> it will be interesting to see how LeBron responds to to that point, Devin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, to the yeah. 72 game thing with lots of back to backs. Um, but they're built for it now. They got Anthony Davis, they got Montrez Harold. they got Marcus Saul. Um, you know, they're man, they really loaded up, dude. Do you I, think I, they got
1: better from last season? Do you think they're oh, yeah. Do you think they got better? Okay. I think
2: they got way better, and, and that's assuming that LeBron is going to be the same player that he was last year, right?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean,
2: father time is undefeated, so one of these years, LeBron isn't going to look the same. Assuming that LeBron looks the same, um, you know, Anthony Davis is a lot more experienced now, mm-hmm. like he just got a ring. You know, so mm-hmm. so I'm actually expecting Davis to be a little better. Um, and then I actually think they're they're supporting you. I know they lost Rondo. Um and Bradley. I, yeah, but I actually think they
1: got quite a bit better
2: in
3: their supporting. Okay, okay yeah, fair yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Jordan, you had off go ahead, Devin.
3: Oh, and no, I was just saying, um I, I don't I don't really know if they really got better. Like you said, they lost Rondo. Um, they lost Dwight. I and know he, they picked up Mark.
1: Dwight which, had, I think was, I think was, he was an underrated piece to that team. If you ask me, Dwight was, right. but go ahead. And the thing is with Mark, he could stretch the floor. Yeah. You no, know, but
3: he, he, he and, and that's always a good thing for LeBron having mm-hmm. someone to stretch the floor. Um, But like you said, Dwight underrated, man. He, he's better. I think at this stage, I know Mark was defensive player of the year and all that, but at this stage in both their careers, I'm going to take Dwight Howard on defensive end just because he's more athletic. Of course. Um, he, and, and him, from him being more athletic, you know, offensive rebounds and things like that and, and just being a pest. Um, but uh, it could be a trade-off. Like you said, Marcus Cole could stretch the floor and, and things like that, but losing Rondo is a big deal um
2: they, they did get dennis schroeder and right yes that's wow, what i was man. trying to think of the other two wow. they got they
3: picked up dennis schroeder and west matthews baby rondo so, by the way yep exactly
2: yeah, yeah. matthews who, 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 man matthews is underrated like he's, he is he, dude he he is a guy that you could play in game seven of the nba finals and be like, Wes, you got to lock down. I mean, let's say they're playing the Heat, right? They're going to be like, Wes, we're putting you on Jimmy Butler for the next three minutes. And you're also be- going to be hitting huge shots in the corner. Right. And, like, I feel comfortable <sighs> with that.
3: Yeah, kind of. But, I mean, like, the, he, he basically filled the Danny Green role. I know yeah. Danny Green had a horrible playoff or a horrible finals or whatever. Finals, the right threes. right. Yeah. But – I, I I don't know man. I I feel like Wesley Matthews was, was with the Bucks last year and he, he they didn't they didn't get past the heat. Yeah. You know. Um he could have been guarding, guarding Jimmy, he could have been hitting open threes. Yeah. So I feel like that's a that's that's a wash for yeah. Danny Green for okay.
2: Wesley Matthews. Okay. Okay. I and see I would say that he's like 140% of Danny Green. I actually think that's a huge upgrade, but I I get where you're coming from though, Devin. Yeah.
1: let's get some way early Eastern conference, Western conference finals predictions. Not, you don't have to give me a winner, but give me your final four. I'll start with you, Devin.
3: Lakers.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I just don't know, the Clippers are, oh, yeah, I don't know how the Clippers are going to look, man. Especially with a new
1: coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, talent-wise, okay. they're probably maybe the second-best team in the West. Right. Talent-wise. And I'm still
3: – I know Denver came back from two, three ones, but I don't know, bro. I'm, I'm still not a They Denver, got worse. So still not so
1: I got to see it again for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, they did. I'm
3: going Lakers, Clippers, uh, yeah. Brooklyn, Heat.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm. Okay. Lakers, l- Clippers, like Brooklyn, that. Heat. Okay. What about – yeah, go ahead, um, Jordan.
2: Okay, so I'm going to go – Man, the Heat are one of those teams. I mean, we talked about them a lot, Mike. Like, they were more than the sum of their parts. Yeah. Um, I worry about Dragic, like, hurting his foot. <laughs> like, what's yeah. he going to look like next year? Because he was – Huge. Arguably the second most important piece to that team. I mean, he hit –
3: Not arguably, huge. he was.
2: Yeah. I mean, he hit some huge shots for them in the
1: playoffs. I, I don't know if it finished this way, but yeah. deep into the playoffs, he was the team's leading scorer. The playoffs. Yeah,
2: yeah, he was average. Yeah, he was. I'm a huge Dragovich fan, so I, I mean, I could go on and on about him. Um, so I'm, dude. People are gonna hate me for this. I'm gonna go Brooklyn and Milwaukee in the East, okay. and then in the West. And hear me out. I'm I'm gonna have to soapbox for a little bit. I'm going to Lakers and Jazz in the Western <laughs> Conference. And here's why: Tell because me. the Jazz got killed in the minutes when Gobert was on the bench. Because we were, we played Jawan Morgan and Tony Bradley, who I'm assuming that no one on earth has ever heard of them besides their parents. And <laughs> dude, honestly, we started Jawan Morgan in a playoff game. Uh-huh. I, didn't know who
1: he, I didn't know who he was. Tell me how you feel, man. Go ahead.
2: Mm-hmm. I, yeah. <laughs> but so anyways, that, that Derek Favors signing is huge. Okay. Because now, I mean, the Jazz had the number one defense for three years in a row. When we had Derek Favors playing those bench center minutes behind Rudy Gobert, we're getting that back. And okay. like I said, you know, after Jordan Clarkson came onto the team, we had the number one offense in the NBA. It was better than the Mavericks. And that was with Boyan Bogdanovich hurt. So if everyone stays healthy, if Mike Conley doesn't suck, which he did last <laughs> year, I think Clarkson and Bogdanovich make our offense move next to Donovan Mitchell and then favors just holding down that bench unit on defense. I, I think that – I mean, we'll get smacked by the Lakers, but I think we we'll get there.
1: <laughs> Listen, uh, in 20 – it'll be 2021 at that point, but if 2021 resembles anything like 2020, then I wouldn't be surprised. But if you thought that you had something, I'm going to tell you that my bulls are going to sweep the heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. And i leave you guys hanging for my Western <laughs> Conference Final prediction next week. Obviously I'm kidding, but <laughs> uh, gentlemen, it's been a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate you putting in some awesome work for four segments on the Michael, course, or something that's ever been done before. Um, we're, this is not the last time we're going to do this. So Jordan Nelson, Devin Roucher, I really appreciate you guys coming on. And ladies and gentlemen, just stick around with me for the next segment on the other side of the break Going to talk some NFL. Football, you're listening to the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM channel, 145. Keep it locked.
0: The views and opinions expressed on the Michael McCoy Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Oh, you, got the, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and no. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio.
1: Oh man, that was a lot of fun. It's awesome when you get together with a bunch of guys that um, know what the hell they're talking about, because it's just easy. I've been a part of some sports conversations that just made you say, what? You you ever, you ever talk to someone and you just kind of look at them and you know, there's awkward silence and it's like, what are you, and I'm not even talking about sports. I'm just talking about anything at this point, anything in general but uh, I think all of us at one point or another have been part of a conversation like that that just made you say, huh? <laughs> um, talking with Devin and Jordan and Jordan Nelson the past few segments definitely didn't have me feeling that way. I appreciate those guys plenty for coming on and uh, imparting their wisdom, talking some basketball for four straight segments. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate that. Uh, you're back listening to The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM, channel 145, Slam Radio. Appreciate you guys that have been listening thus far all we've been talking about is hoops some really fun talk talk draft some uh trade scenarios or free agency destinations. some really good stuff some hypotheticals had a lot of fun and they'll be back for sure because there's gonna be a lot more free agency to talk about in the coming weeks leading up to the season so we'll see how that goes again appreciate that guys but uh gotta get into some nfl talk because it was pretty interesting week uh considering you know some things that came up you got uh Casey coming back uh trying to avoid being swept by Las Vegas they go uh to the Death Star that's what they call the stadium out in Las Vegas awesome stadium all black looks really really cool still opposed to a team any sports uh any pro sports team being played in Vegas I just don't think that's the place for pro sports but what you know it is what it is the Jets lose again are they the worst 0-10 team in in, in NFL history uh, we're going to talk about the, the Texans and the Pats because as we all know every week I like to take a peek into what I feel was the most intriguing storyline heading into the NFL season that being Brady versus Belichick and how will the two fare without each other so we'll touch on that and I've got to talk about a little bit of uh, the Dolphins quarterback situation in Tua Tonga-Vailoa. I thought that that was an interesting situation that reared its head over the weekend. So let's get started. Um, First, I just want to make note of the game tonight. Today's Monday Night Football game will be uh, the Rams at the Bucks, a game that pits a rematch between Tom Brady and the Los Angeles Rams going back to uh, a couple years ago, Super Bowl 53, when Tom was still a member of the Pats, and they won that game 13-3, to a game that I found very interesting, by the way, when others had the audacity to call it the Super Boring, not the Super Bowl, but the Super Boring 53, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> does everything have to be based off points scored? Can't you guys appreciate a defensive struggle? I mean, to me, it was – it was all about how the heck is Belichick gonna find a way to stop this high flying Jared Goff uh you know Rams offense. And I don't understand how people didn't find that intriguing because to me a shootout is fun, but watching how teams get stymied like oh my god I didn't expect Barry Sanders to get shut down in this game like oh my god I didn't expect LSU's offense last year to get shut down if something like that would happen wouldn't that impress you a lot of people didn't feel that way for whatever reason but um that's how I felt about that game so Brady uh faces those guys again and um so we really don't get to see a full Belichick and versus Brady comparison but let's still talk about the Pats they did lose their matchup yesterday. Uh, The Pats played, again, against the Texans on the road, a game in which Cam Newton didn't look bad, okay, didn't throw an interception, threw one touchdown pass on the day. He goes 26 for 40 for 365 yards. Uh, Like I said, a touchdown uh, completion average of 9.1 and a QB, I'm sorry, a rating of 102.6, QBR 47.7. I was on record saying that uh, the Pats would make the playoffs, actually, that the Pats would win the division. All right. Last week, a lot of people were writing them off. They were four and five people were writing them off, saying have no chance to get into the playoffs. And I thought that that was absolutely a, a knee jerk reaction. I mean, how can you say that? Uh, it's a 17 game season. We are now 10 weeks in last week. Well, the, the, the Pats were 10. I'm sorry, nine games in last week. And I thought it was way too early, way too early considering where they stood in the division and, uh, you know, the amount of games left to play. But, you know, the the guys on get up last week, you know, they were just, they were just writing them off. And I thought that was very premature. So I'll take a look at the standings really quick before I get into this game. And let's see here Uh, where I got the standings, right? NFL standings. All right. So the AFC East, you got the Bills. They're starting to get some separation from the pack in that division, seven and three. The Dolphins lose yesterday, six and four. We'll get into that. And then the Pats, four and six. And then, of course, the Jets, you know, the bottom dwellers of the division at 0 and 10. In the division, the Pats are third. Uh, They are two and one. They still have – uh games against when they put up their schedule really quick they still have games against the cardinals that's going to be a tough one uh at the chargers at the rams at the dolphins at three consecutive road games and then they close out against the bills and the jets so the task does seem tall but i'm still not writing them out why because i believe that they have the greatest coach in nfl history bill belichick and cam newton um I'm rooting for him this year, man. I really am because I was hoping that he'd be something resembling like a comeback player of the year, something like that. I don't know. But uh, you know, I felt that he was, if he was healthy, then he can be that guy to resurrect his career and uh, lead the patch. To, maybe not lead the patch. Cause we all know that's driven by Belichick, but uh, be the quarterback for that team. He didn't even have to be MVP cam. All right. We, he, he didn't need that. I I didn't think he needed that in this system, uh, you know, to look half decent, everybody was writing him off because of his health. And I I hate that because I think that that's the wrong reason to just kind of forget about a guy. If if you're someone that pays attention to sports, when are you going to figure out that that is the wrong reason to write somebody off injury is not a reason to say that somebody's done that somebody's over because if their skills still there. All right. Uh, They just have to stay healthy. So that was the thing with Cam, and everybody knew it, you know, if he stays healthy, if he stays healthy, if he stays healthy. Missed some time this year with uh, COVID and um, hasn't played particularly well down the stretch of certain games. But on the season, you look at Cam Newton, has thrown for 1,900 yards on the button, only four touchdowns and seven interceptions. Very un cam Ish, in my opinion, if you ask me, I think he's capable of uh, playing much better. Not I think it's a fact. But if you look at the at the season so far, his best game was probably the one that they lost at the goal line. At Seattle, which was the second game of the year, uh, he threw for in that game threw for three ninety seven touchdown and a pick. Cam Newton has not thrown for more than one touchdown once this year, has thrown three interceptions in a loss to my 49ers. And uh, that was probably his worst game of the season. Threw for 98 yards, but I, the window is closing for them this season, especially after this loss. Like I said, he threw for 365, uh, ran for only six yards, didn't run for didn't run for a touchdown this season. Does have nine rushing touchdowns on the season, so in total he has 13 touchdowns to seven picks. I'm rooting for him, man. I'm still rooting for the Patriots to maybe find a way to pull it off but the window's probably closing especially with after this loss and so uh again tying that back at the whole into the whole Brady Belichick thing my thing in the beginning of the season was that Brady needed Belichick more than Belichick needed Brady and Tom has put himself into a perfect situation this year I mean look who he signed with signed with a team that is going to be hosting the Super Bowl okay and obviously he took a look at every roster on you know in the NFL and thought this was the best place for him to be successful. And then, you know, you bring, Brett, you bring back Gronk, okay? You bring him along with the ride, for the ride, and then they pick up Leonard Fournette. So, and now they got Antonio Brown. So, you know, they are, are making are making moves. So he, uh, the, the point that I'm trying to get across is uh, Tom Brady has had an easier job to look, uh, I'm sorry, an easier path to look better than Belichick has this season, okay? And I still think that, Tom has more to prove than Belichick because we've seen Belichick do it without Tom. Granted, he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but we know that the guy can win without Tom Brady. And so um, staying within the division, boy, there was a move that was made a couple weeks ago that kind of confused me the, uh, because uh, at the time of the quarterback switch, Ryan Fitzpatrick was not playing terrible at all as a matter of fact I think the Dolphins at that point were heading into their bye and they were let me see here yeah the Dolphins were one two three the Dolphins were three and three at the time where Brian Flores decided to make the switch and go full-time with his rookie Tua Tonga Vailoa and I found that awfully strange the only Thing that made sense about that move, in my opinion, because obviously I don't know the ins and outs of what Brian Flores' uh, decision was, but uh, from the outside looking in, it was the timing, kind of, because they were coming off a of bye week. So if you're going to do that, that's the point to do it, coming off a of bye week so that you have that extra time to get your rookie quarterback, who's going to be the leader of the franchise, ready. So Tua Tonga comes in, they win a game against the Rams, which uh, DeMarino got his first win against in his career. So that was pretty cool. Then uh, Dolphins go on the road and they beat the Cardinals 34 to 31. And then they beat the Chargers 29 to 21. But yesterday, uh, Tua Tonga Valoa gets pulled in favor of Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they end up losing the game 20 to 13. Ryan Fitzpatrick throws an interception on the final drive for the Dolphins. And, you know, that's all she wrote. But, Was that the right or the wrong move? Was that a knee-jerk reaction by Flores? Am I surprised that he made the move? Yes and no. Yes, because uh, you kind of don't want to do that and rattle a young quarterback, especially a young quarterback that was, what, one, two, three, four games into his pro career, a pro quarterback that was supposed to have gone maybe number one overall, had it not been for a career-threatening and season-ending injury uh, in his last year of college football, that being with the Crimson Tide, and um, you know a hip injury to a mobile guy—it was just—it could have been devastating. So uh, that aside, it was just weird. But the part that didn't surprise me about the decision was that Brian Flores always does what he feels is best for the team, and at that point, he felt that a shot to the arm was needed to the offense to kind of maybe some veteran leadership was needed to kind of rally the troops and come back. And Fitz looked good earlier on in that final drive, but through his uh, interception, obviously the last pass of the drive, as the dolphins were marching. So um, is there a quarterback controversy? I don't think so. I don't call this a quarterback controversy. I think Tua goes ahead and starts against the jets. Okay. A team that the dolphins beat right before Fitzpatrick was benched uh, in favor of Tua tonga So the dolphins are going to go ahead and play on the 29th at New York, a team that is 0-10, goodness gracious! but I I don't think this is going to happen, and Eve Ryan Fitzpatrick even said it, this is something, this is to his team, okay, and uh, I hope that the young man isn't rattled, because he has a promising future, but I'll tell you what, man, he hasn't been all that impressive, to be honest with you, because uh, you look at the game against the Rams. This is a game that if you look at the stats, you think, oh, my God, the Dolphins defense dominated. No, they didn't. The Dolphins played a complete game. And I mean that in every sense of the word. They had a special teams touchdown. The defense scored Tua threw his touchdown. But he was 12 of 22 for 93 yards <laughs> in that game. Did not play particularly well. And neither did the Dolphins defense because Jared Goff threw for nearly 400 yards in that game. It was just a really weird game. But you look at Tua's uh Numbers throughout the year and his best game, like I said, came on the road against an Arizona Cardinals team in which everybody probably had Arizona winning that game, but uh, 12 of 22 against the Rams 20 of 28 for 248 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions at the Cardinals. Dolphins come back home to win against the Chargers 29 to 21. Tua goes 15 of 25 for 169, two touchdowns thrown. And then in yesterday's loss against the Broncos, 11 of 20, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Still has not thrown an interception on the season. Okay, that's great. Uh, didn't look particularly well. Um, you know, and you know what? Before I put everything on him yesterday, that offensive line for the Dolphins was yeesh. So you want to know what I feel part of Flores' decision was? Because he came out and said that the benching had nothing to do with Tua being hurt. And people probably thought that because he was getting beat up. His offensive line just was, I mean, wow. It, it was non-existent yesterday. It was non-existent yesterday for him. So in my opinion, honestly, if you you know just sit back and look at it, that benching if you want to call it that was more to make sure that he didn't get hurt okay more so than he was playing bad because the last thing you want is for your quarterback your prized guy that you know dolphins fans were eyeing and hoping for all offseason to get hurt and have another injury that which jeopardizes not only the season but you know his career that's the last thing you want so I think it's safe, to, in my opinion. Like I said, from the outside looking in, I'm gonna go ahead and make that this uh, make that take that Brian Flores made a decision to bench him to avoid him from getting, you know, destroyed because that's the way it was trending. <laughs> that's the way it was trending. It didn't look pretty, but like I said, they got the Jets coming up, so that's probably gonna be the perfect remedy for Tonga Bailoa. And the Dolphins. So um, I want to talk about Derrick Henry, too. And the reason I want to talk about Derrick Henry and the Titans is because I, st- I don't know why, but I started thinking about Barry Sanders. I started thinking about Barry Sanders and comparing Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry is just, you know, uh, an absolute beast. Third year in the NFL so far. And um, he has compiled 1,079 rushing yards to this point. Uh, the 22-year-old, he's still 20. No, I'm sorry, 26-year-old uh, is coming off of a year in which he ran for 1,540 yards, and then his rookie season in the NFL, just a shade over a thousand, he hit 1059 on the year. So um, those 1,540 yards, which is at the moment Derrick Henry's career high, that goes—that's good for Barry Sanders—is fourth best rushing total of his career everybody knows that in 97 barry sanders ran for over 2000 yards 2053 his second career high i'm sorry his yeah his second place career high in terms of rushing yard total uh was 1883 that was in 1994 when barry sanders was 26 years old okay same age that derrick henry is right now and then uh, in 96, the year before the 2,000-yard season by Barry, he ran for 1,553. So he, last year's Derrick Henry, like I said, his so far season – I'm sorry, career best would be good for Barry Sanders's fourth career best in terms of rushing total in a career. So I just started thinking, like, you know, Derrick Henry right now, okay, would he – also run for two thousand yards in 1997 behind that same Barry Sanders offensive line that same Barry Sanders you know quarterback I think his quarterback was what Scott Mitchell at the time. Uh, if Herman Moore was still playing, I want to say want to say it was. but what a travesty if you guys remember that man watching Barry Sanders call it quits at the age of 30. a guy that missed, In every year that Barry Sanders played in the NFL, guys, he only missed one game twice, okay? He played in one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He played in 10 NFL seasons for 153 games, okay? Played 16 games, one, two, three, four, five, six times, okay? Missed one game twice, all right? And played 11 games in 1993. Obviously, he was hurt that year, okay? But uh, even in that 11-game season, he averaged uh, over 100 yards a game. And he, at the point of, you know, when he got hurt or whenever he got hurt, he finished the season, he had 1,115 yards, okay? Never finished an NFL season below 1,000 yards. His rookie season, he ran over 1,400 yards, had 14 touchdowns his rookie season, Okay. That's, that's his second best career high in terms of rushing touchdowns was his rookie season. His his best in terms of uh, rushing touchdowns at all throughout his career was uh, 16, and that was in 1991, his third year in the NFL. I call him the best running back ever, okay? A lot of people are either Emmitt guys or you're a Barry guy. I'm a Barry guy. Everybody knows that what he did behind that offensive line was just absolutely magical because... Detroit had nothing in terms of an offensive line, and Wayne Fonts, I mean, it was just a mess up there in Detroit, and watching him retire at such a young age, in the middle of his prime, it sucked to see, it really, really sucked to see, after 98, uh, a 1,491 rushing yard season, and four touchdowns, called it quits, just just insane so i mean it just had me thinking because uh derrick henry one of the better running backs or you know if you want to call him the best running back in the nfl you can absolutely stay claimed to that it just had me thinking how would he look would he go over barry sanders 2000 yards you know a very different nfl defensively and offensively back then uh defense is more geared to stop the run because now obviously it's a passing league barry sanders did it was what like five nine five ten a good 230 pounds but Moves that you've never seen before. Derrick Henry, De- sorry, Derrick Henry, a completely different runner. All right, uh, the guy's just the size of a refrigerator and fast. Okay, don't get it twisted. He will run by you, will run over you, through you, around you. Uh, you know, he calls himself King Henry for a reason. But you know, it was just just a hypothetical, something I thought was cool to 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 think about. And um, so, yeah, with that. I'll be back because I want to talk about Dabo Sweeney and some college football in the next segment, something that has me a little bit perturbed. So Canes had the week off. uh, Unfortunate situation they have going on in their program right now. But I'll get into that on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Michael McCoy Show on Sirius XM, Channel 145 Slam Radio. The
0: views and opinions expressed on The Michael McCoy Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey man, it, look if they
1: pick up Tua Niga Manuel too, I will be fine with him. But I'm just looking I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't You I don't call know. him that, I call him Tonga Vailoa, whatever you wanna call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100 percent sold on Tua Nigga Lapolla. Tonga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua nigga Manuel Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vilaoa. You want nigga Manuela Pola. Tunga Vilaoa. But you nigga Tunga nigga Tunga, Tunga, Tunga See? That sounds much better that one.
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on SiriusXM 145, Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Michael McCoy show on SiriusXM 145, Slam Radio.
1: All right, final segment of the show. Thank you guys for listening to me rant. Well, not just me, because if you missed the first four segments, you missed a hell of a basketball talk between Devin Rountree, a good buddy of mine for a long time, and Jordan Nelson. We, we had fun, man, for four straight segments. <laughs> we were talking some NBA hoops if you missed it. Um, you know, just catch the re-airing of the show again. Uh, on iTunes, because we are on iTunes, Slam Radio. Just go ahead and search that and uh, you know look for this show. But man, we were talking about everything from trade uh, scenarios to free agency destinations. We talked about the draft. Really, really good listen if you want to hear some off-season NBA talk. So I uh, suggest you do that. Talked a little bit about the NFL last segment. And this segment, always got to have some college football talk. On the show, one of my favorite sports in the world, and obviously, I'm a cane, so uh, we got to touch on that. But the canes were not in action this week. COVID has struck the program, unfortunately. So, a game in which I was actually p- supposed to call uh, this weekend for WVUM, uh, Miami was hosting Georgia Tech, but like I said, that game gets canceled and or postponed whatever is going to happen at the ACC, that, that, that that remains to be determined, but, uh, that game was postponed. Like I said, COVID has struck the program, even coach Manny Diaz tested positive. So we hope that he is recovering swiftly and, uh, obviously fully. So Kendra going to be off next week as well, which just stinks. Okay. And so, um, We'll see. They do move up in the stand. I'm sorry, in the rankings. Right now, let me go ahead and pull that up because there was a little bit of shifting uh, between the AP and the coaches' poll. So uh, you look at Alabama, no movement there. They have, they routed, absolutely routed, looked really, really good, obviously, yesterday. I'm sorry, Saturday in their win at home. Was it at home? Yes. Against Kentucky, 63 to 3. I mean, you expect that from an Alabama team, but. Christ I mean that's the second week in a row that they just put a number uh well really third week in a row that they put a number on um an SEC opponent and just you know take them to the woodshed a couple weeks ago they're at Tennessee they win that one 48 to 17 Mississippi State shut them out you know it's always hard to shut uh Mike Leach team out but Nick Saban did it all right you know that offense gets shut down over at Mississippi State uh, the LSU game got postponed due to COVID. And then uh, you have the Kentucky game in which, like I said, you know, the, the, the Crimson Tide, they went 63 to three. So in, in three games, okay, the Tide have allowed 20 points. All right. In the last two games, they've allowed three points. All right. In the last two games, they scored over 100 points. This team's rolling guys. This team is rolling and they got Auburn coming up next in the Iron Bowl. Hopefully everything is okay with that to be played as scheduled right now for the 28th at 3:30 on CBS. I'm going to be tuned into that one because you got to be tuned into the Iron Bowl, right? I mean, uh, Auburn right now is ranked 22nd in the country. Alabama is playing like the number one team. I had them number one all year long, uh, regardless of what Clemson fans want to say about me feeling that way. I had these guys ranked number one all season long and they're playing like Notre Dame two, uh, Ohio state three Clemson four and the AP matches the coaches poll in the top four. They, they're identical. They match each other identically there um, to round out the AP polls, top 10, Texas A&M sits at five Florida six Cincinnati seven BYU eight followed by Oregon and Miami Miami moves back into the top 10 after uh, dropping from nine to 12 after winning last week on the road at Virginia Tech as an ACC underdog (laughs) on the road that was confusing but whatever Miami's in the top 10 now same thing in the coaches poll Miami uh, Actually, they, they, they stayed Pat, actually, after that Virginia Tech when They stayed at ninth. But Northwestern, Northwestern moving up eight spots, okay, because they are now undefeated. Pat Fitzgerald team always putting up a fight. It's fun to see Northwestern win, uh, you know, when they're winning. Pat Fitzgerald, a coach that, you know, you, you I root for him. I like to see him do well. A coach that guys want to play for. They beat the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, Wisconsin was ranked 10th. On Saturday, they, they drop, obviously, 17 to 10. Uh, the Northwestern Wildcats are now first in the Big Ten, 5-0, 11th overall in the country. So something to look out for there. We'll see how the rest of their season transpires. That was a that was a nice one. Indiana, wow, man. Indiana, they drop. They lose uh, to the Ohio State Buckeyes. They drop three spots in AP. They're down to 12. They're now 4-1. and But let me tell you something. Um, why didn't... Why didn't? I mean, I guess because they won, you gotta hold weight to to winning. So uh, you know, just disregard. I was gonna go ahead and say about that, but man, the Hoosiers losing forty-two to thirty-five at Ohio State on the road. Okay, really good game. If you didn't catch to wa- have a chance to watch it. But um, was that a case of Indiana? Or, you know just being hyped for the situation for that game and, you know, looking to pull off an upset or is Ohio state maybe not exactly the team that people kind of, um, you know, had envisioned coming into the year because I mean, their past defense on, on Saturday did not look very good. All right. I know numbers don't tell the story, but just check this out because I'm going to read the box score to you. All right. Indiana their quarterback Michael Penix threw for four hundred and ninety-one yards, five touchdowns. Was twenty-seven of fifty-one, and he completed. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, he he his average per completion was nine point six. The guy threw for pretty much a first down every time he completed the pass. Justin, he outplayed Justin Fields, and he absolutely outplayed Justin Fields because Justin Fields threw three interceptions, threw two touchdowns. He did throw for three hundred yards. But, um, you know, he was 18 of 30, and that was just – that was crazy. Justin Fields did add a touchdown on the ground. So, you look at it, he did contribute three scores in all. But in terms of being a passer, Michael Penix, Jr., 27 of 51. Again, 491 yards allowed by the Ohio State defense. That's not exactly uh, top three worthy, okay? An Indiana Hoosiers team who, yes, you got to give credit when credit's due. They played well got to give credit to the coaches but um, i'm not trying to take anything away from them but is ohio state as good as people thought they were hmm. hmm i don't know just something to chew on and i think that it's worthy of mentioning because why not right um so anyway that happened indiana falls out of the top 10 as i go back into the rankings to finish uh talking about the ap Uh, rankings. If my internet decides to catch up, I can get back to the rankings and here we go. Yes. Thank you very much. So yeah, Indiana, they are now 12. They fall three spots and that's really pretty much it. I mean, there was Bedlam Oklahoma all of a sudden is six and two. They move up four spots after their win and uh, Wisconsin drops eight spots from 10 to 18 after that loss to Northwestern. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, North Carolina pops back into the top 25, and they're sitting at 6-2. and two. So um, I think the story of the week, in my opinion, in college football, was a situation that happened between Clemson and FSU. So Clemson is coming off a loss, right, in which they traveled to South Bend. They lose the game. Trevor Lawrence did not play, had to miss the game due to COVID. They lose that game 40 to 40, 47 to 40 in overtime, right? So the next game, you know, they're gonna travel to FSU, and everybody's thinking, oh God, Trevor Lawrence is healthy. Road game for FSU. I'm sorry, road game for Clemson. They're gonna show up. It's FSU. FSU is a dumpster fire with a capital dumpster fire. And I mean, it's it's not even it's not even funny. Everybody's thinking. They're going to get their butts handed to them, right, by Clemson that just came off of a loss, and Trevor Lawrence is playing, and we all know how Dabble likes to, you know, make teams look bad, <laughs> to say the least. Remember that seventy-three to seven score in which uh, they beat Georgia Tech on the road a few weeks ago, right? It was seven and it was seven to seven at one point, and then they just went on a sixty-something odd. 60-something point run to finish the uh, to finish the game, all right? I felt, in my opinion, I felt that Jimbo – not Jimbo. I don't know why I said Jimbo Fisher. I felt all along that the reason for that score was because that's the same week that Alabama was playing Georgia, okay? I felt that Dabo knew that Georgia was not going to win that game because Nick Saban does not lose to his pre- – not to his predecessors, but to um, – Guys that were on his staff that are now head coaches. He just doesn't lose to guys to former assistants at all. Kirby Smart, that's exactly what he is. hasn't beaten uh, hasn't beaten hasn't beaten Saban yet. So I felt that Dabble was thinking, I got to run up this score because um, I, I, this is my chance to prove uh, that we are really the number one team in the country. Okay, Bama's was ranked ahead of them. Were they? I'm sorry no uh, Clemson was number 1 at the point at that point and depending on how that Georgia Bama game went let's say Bama blew them out which they did you know they shut out Georgia in the second half but say Bama wins that game going away right I don't know something like 50 to I don't know 10 17 I think they probably would have jumped Clemson right you beat a top 3 team you know that was only like uh, like the third or fourth time that Clemson, I'm sorry, that Georgia and Bama played each other and both teams were in the top three. So I'm thinking that that Dabble's thinking, we got to make a statement. We got to blow these guys out because if Bama looks impressive in their win today, they may jump us. That was my thinking. Okay. So my thinking going into this game was that he wants to flatten FSU, especially after that loss. They didn't play. They didn't play because of a situation in which Dabo Sweeney says that the FSU administration stopped the game from being played because it was not a COVID issue when, in fact, Clemson traveled with someone that was symptomatic just a few days prior. And I'm thinking, how, how, how does that even happen? Like, how, how – first of all, why is he traveling, Right? You know, what is he doing traveling with guys that are going to be on the field? And I'm sorry, but uh, I I took back what I said about FSU ducking this game because I I would have – here I am defending FSU, all right, something I thought I would never do. But listen, mind you, I'm of the crowd that I was okay with sports not even being played this year. Honestly, because I respect the hell out of this COVID thing, and, um, you know, there's just a bunch of information that we didn't know, still don't know, but even more so back in March when everything blew up, okay? And then, you know, everybody was thinking, oh, by August, this thing will be gone. What are you talking about? Well, check it out. It's it's almost December, and numbers are worse than they've been, okay? So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. But I was okay with sports not even being played this year because my thing was – get healthy. It's just sports. Okay. It's just sports. You know, these guys have families to go back home to who knows if they're going to be around someone that has underlying conditions and, you you know, older people, grandparents, come on, man. You know, so, Dabble gets pissed off. He feels that the game should now, if there's or if it's going to be played at all, that it should be played in Clemson. If not, FSU needs to fund the entire trip for Clemson to, for it to be played at FSU. And then I'm thinking, wow, that's that's not a good look for FSU, man. Give me a break. Like you're going to really I, I get it. Wow. You thought you were going to get flattened, but you're going to duck and hide behind COVID to cancel this game. Mm-mm. Andrea Adelson came out with an article, a really good article pretty much putting dabble sweeney in his place Dabo needs to put a cork in it because he's this is like the second third maybe even fourth time in a matter of i don't know 10 months or so that he's just kind of losing some street cred and i mean he he just needs to just kind of pipe down because he's not looking good okay a guy that i feel is, is doing his best to be the next nick saban you know he's trying to be a wannabe saban over here and you know be that coach in college football it's not going to happen it's, it's not going to happen it's not going to happen. As a matter of fact, if Clemson plays Alabama this year, I think Alabama wins convincingly the, by double digits. All right. I won't be surprised if it's a single digit game, but right now I have, if they play, whether it's the CFP semifinal or the championship game, I have Alabama winning that game by at least 10 points, double digit victory. That's just how I feel. I think that they're a better team by Clemson. And I don't think it's particularly close. All right. I'm not saying it's a wide margin, but I don't think it's close. And so, um, He knows knows he's losing the first overall pick this year, has a hell of a backup in his place, but still, you know, you don't know if DJ, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, will be anything close to Trevor Lawrence, all right? Yes, he's looked good in spot duty. I get it, but there's a difference being a full-time starter versus a, uh, a starter in which, you know, teams barely have any film on you. We'll see what happens next year. I'm not saying the kid's a scrub. I'm saying... You haven't seen a full season of him yet, so we will soon enough, but yeah, old man, you need to pipe down, okay, because Andrea Adelson came out and said that uh, this game was absolutely after her fantastic reporting, okay, and if you didn't read the, the article, you probably should, but um, yeah, they end up traveling with a guy that has COVID, and I'm sorry, but if I'm FSU's administration, I'm doing the same thing. I mean, can you just imagine if you knew this, right, you your FSU's administration, and you decide the game, uh, you, you want it to be played, and then there's an outbreak not only on your team but on your campus, and then you it comes out that you knew this, then what would the uh, outcry be? Oh, FSU administration allows football to be played knowing that Clemson traveled with a guy that was, a, that was symptomatic just you know, a few days ago? No, Dabo be quiet, man. Pipe down. I get it. You, you're on a nice little run here. Yeah. Okay, cool. But dude, this is, these guys aren't livestock and you're treating them like such. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like, my friend. And um, I don't know, man, I, I, I'm just kind of wanting for someone to kind of put this guy in his place and that program in their place, because I, I didn't have anything against him after I saw, you know, after everything came out and it's just like, I don't know. It just didn't sit well with me, but that probably was the biggest story all, you know, all week in terms of college football and how things are going on uh, with the Clemson and FSU game. I don't know if that game is scheduled to be played or not, but looking ahead for FSU, they got Pittsburgh at home and then at Virginia Tech, and I believe that closes out the season for them. Uh, let me see here. Yeah. And then for, for, uh, for Clemson, you got Pittsburgh and then you're at Virginia tech. So, I mean, they're still sitting pretty, they are in the, they're in the fourth spot in the college football playoff ranking. So, uh, a good loss, you know, to on the road to the number two team in the country, you know, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence and everything like that, but look, say what you want about COVID. All right. Whether you're one of those people that don't respect it, all right. Or one, you're one of those people that do respect you like myself. Um, it's not about you. It isn't. It's about other people and how to make things safe again for everything and everyone to get back to 100 percent living the way we were pre-COVID with no restrictions. All right. That's the goal. And uh I don't, know. I don't want to make this into a COVID conversation, but we're far from that. Let's just put it that way. But, yeah, man, this was just not a good look for, for Clemson. It just really bothered me. And uh, I didn't have an issue. I still don't have an issue. I'm not going to sit here and say that you know this, this situation made me think differently of uh, Dabo Sweeney. But he's just starting to get on my nerves. Let's just put it that way. And it's not the first, second, or third time that this happened. Like I said, in a matter of, of a few months, uh, he got in some heat a little bit. Some players came to his defense about some comments he made regarding uh, what was it, uh, protesting or I, I don't even know Black Lives Matter. I don't re- I don't remember. But that was a thing for a little bit. It went away, got swept under the rug. Trevor uh, Lawrence came out and you know came in his defense. Maybe that helped a little bit. But this right here. I, I think he's just being a whiny little, you know what? And that's how I feel. I mean, it's not like if you had something to prove against FSU anyway. So what are you crying about, Dabo? That's my soapbox. That's how I see it. We'll see what happens the next week in college football. I do know the Cans aren't playing. Damn it. I'll probably be looking forward to the Iron Bowl. That's probably the best game on the slate next week as I look ahead in the – uh. And the week of college football, let me just go ahead and see what the notable games will be for uh, this week coming up. Thanksgiving is Thursday. Crazy. So uh, let's see. Saturday is the. Let me see here. Saturday, November 21st. No, that just passed. Where's the schedule? I don't have the schedule in front of me, but oh, here we go. I'm sorry. It's going to be week 13. I'm looking at week 12. (laughs) So week 13. It's going to be the 26th. Uh, well, th- Thursday's the 26th. We got games on Thursday. Nothing notable really there to talk about. Friday, you got Iowa State at Texas. That's going to be a good one. 15 at number 20. And so you got Notre Dame at North Carolina on Friday. Hmm. Very intriguing game there. I'm sorry, intriguing game there in terms of ACC positioning. And then you got the Civil War. That's what they call it, right? Oregon at Oregon State and Corvallis. So Saturday's games, uh, Ohio State, Illinois, you got Kentucky at Florida. Uh, let's see here. Texas Tech is at Oklahoma State. Maryland is at Indiana. Indiana's going to try to bounce back against uh, the Terrapins. And then like I said, you got the uh, you got the Iron Bowl and that's going to be played at three o'clock. Is it 3:30 on CBS? And that's pretty much it. You know, nothing exciting outside that SEC uh, matchup between, like I said, Auburn and Alabama. So there you have it, folks. I'm I'm, I'm running out of uh, running out of ammo here in terms of college football talk. I appreciate you tuning in this week to the Michael McCoy show and uh, everybody stay safe. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. If you're traveling, stay safe. Do your best. To protect yourself and your family and others around you. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Stay blessed. Stay safe. I'll be back next Monday. Right here, same time, same place, SiriusXM, channel 145, Slime Radio. Keep it locked.
0: The views and opinions expressed on The Michael McCoy Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. The views and opinions expressed on The Michael McCoy Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.